Welcome to the Layman's Homily Podcast. I'm Tony D'Arienzo, and alongside me is a guest co-host, my friend Christina Schroeder. In this week's episode, we'll be talking about mercy. What is mercy? How do we receive it well? And how do we show others mercy? All this and more on Layman's Homily. Welcome back to the podcast. As always, we have a packed show for you, so let's dive right in. Joining me this week is my friend, Christina Schroeder. So, Christina, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Hi, everyone. My name is Christina Schroeder, and uh, I am from Nebraska, South Dakota area. So happy to be here in Georgia, where I am currently going to school at Emory, uh, taking classes in their physician assistant program. So happy to be here on Layman's Homily, and thanks for having me, Tony. Absolutely. All right, so let's dive right in. What is mercy? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I know the Catechism of the Catholic Church defines mercy as the loving kindness, compassion, or forbearance shown to the one who offends. And I think that has uh, a lot of um, depth within it and uh, really reflects the mercy that we seek when we go to God. Yeah, you said an interesting word there, compassion. Um, comes from Latin, cum passio, so with suffering. So, you know, really being someone in their, in their suffering, um, sharing their miserable heart, which is actually, you know, what we see in the Latin word for mercy, uh, misericordia, miserable heart. So this, this connection of being with somebody in their, you know, miserable state, which of course we are in as well. Yeah, I think those are great points that you bring up, Tony. And um, going into uh, the compassion that we can have with others and the sorrow that they might have on their hearts uh, also brings me to think of um, Pope, France, po- Pope Francis when he discussed the, I believe it was the year of Jubilee in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talked about being missionaries of charity. And I think, um, right, that's part of our mission to go out and to love each other in their, in their pain and to commiserate with them, as, as you mentioned. Yeah, commiserate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with misery. There you go. <laughs> all, all ties back together. So where do we where now that we have a solid definition of what a good concept of what mercy is? Where do we see mercy in in scripture? Yeah, scripture is a great place to find um, examples of mercy, and I think uh, within Exodus there is the kind of this a variety of definitions of God and how. Uh, I believe it was um, Moses discussing God as a merciful and gracious God, someone slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And so that's Exodus uh, 34, 5 through 6. And uh, using that as an example, uh, Jesus, I think, also discusses how he desires mercy, not sacrifice. And that's in Hosea 6, verse 6, I believe. So those are just a couple of examples, um, just where mercy itself is brought up and kind of bringing it then to um, God being a merciful God and Jesus being uh, kind of the image of mercy that we experienced uh, in the world. 
Yeah, talking about the Lord being kind and merciful. We hear that constantly throughout the Psalms. Like, like almost like quite a few Sundays throughout the year, we'll hear that Psalm. Uh, I forget which Psalm actually it is, but because it's multiple, talking about the Lord being kind and merciful. Um, also, speaking of like the desert wanderings and the journey in the desert, you're talking about the book of Exodus. But in the next book, in the book of Numbers, you see um, the people getting bitten um, by serpents. And the people mm-hmm. come after, you know, they've sinned and the Lord sends these serpents. And they're, they cry out to God saying, we, we've sinned, show mercy to us. And in his mercy, God tells Moses to make a bronze serpent um, and mounting it and mount it on a pole, and anybody who looks at the serpent will be healed. And that's kind of a foreshadowing of the passion in the New Testament. Jesus Himself even says so Himself, right? He says, um, "Just as the Son of Man is lifted up in the desert, or just as a serpent was lifted up in the desert, so the Son of Man will be lifted up." Um, and G- like you said, Jesus being that image of mercy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, it also brings to mind a quote by St. Augustine. Um, it's, he discusses a little bit more on the aspect of love, but knowing that mercy is also um, uh, a form of love and a form of charity. St. Augustine says, love is itself the fulfillment of all of our works. So going back to scripture, we can look at some of the different works uh, within scripture and how um, we can be merciful through all of that. Yeah. Um, one example of like somebody not being God, like showing mercy, um, young, young David, before he's king, he's being pursued by King Saul. And there are a couple of times where King Saul is, you know, pursuing David, but he's like, doesn't know that David's there or something. He's like right in the midst and David has the opportunity to, to kill his King Saul mm-hmm. and his his servants, his, the people with him are like are saying, "Hey David, like this is this is your chance. Rid yourself of your enemy." And David David says, "No, like yeah. I'm not going to do that. Like he's the king. He's the Lord's anointed." Um, and so just in it, like we can follow David's example, and then later on, David himself receives that mercy mm. um, after committing adultery with Bathsheba. Um, yeah. Which then going into the New Testament, speaking of adultery, the woman caught in adultery in John's gospel, mm. right? Jesus sh- showing that mercy, um, not condemning the woman, but to telling her then to go out on and sin no more. And so with, with that mercy, there's always this higher calling, right? This mer- Like God shows us mercy and then tells us we got, you know, I'm giving you this mercy. Now go and after receiving this mercy, like go and be be more holy. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are great examples. Another that came to mind as you were um, discussing some of those, Tony, is the story of the prodigal son, mm-hmm. which I think uh, the examples you provided, I imagine many of uh, our listeners uh, here will relate to those as well as the prodigal son. So just that reminder of those times when we maybe feel desolate, hopeless, um, but then we're shown this love, compassion, this mercy uh, from God and the the gift that we can give others when we can be merciful and um, 
show show what God has given us and show it to them. Yeah, yeah. There's this restoration that happens right when mm-hmm. we receive this mercy, um, and Peter experiences this after the after the resurrection, after he's denied Jesus three times. Um, then he goes home, weeps bitterly. It's like crap. I'm in a miserable state. I'm I have a miserable heart. And then Jesus, after the resurrection, comes to him and says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Three times. And Peter, and he restores Peter and calls him to that higher call of like, you're going to follow me unto death. Right. Yeah. And I think it's so beautiful um, how God calls us to come back to him and he calls us gently and he waits for us and he's uh, that that good father, um, similar to the prodigal son, uh, who is waiting for us to come back and to receive us with open arms. And even though we maybe are afraid or we don't uh, understand the idea that we can trust in that. Uh, reflecting on Peter's denial, I think it also comes to mind uh, Judas and just the contrast that we have between mm-hmm. the two and Peter's ability to accept mercy and how um, how important that is for all of us to uh, really receive, uh, God's love. Yeah. Yeah. Judas. Yeah. Judas doesn't, doesn't have that. He has a regret, but he doesn't have the, that part of repentance, like trusting in, in that mercy. Like he, he succumbs to despair, um, which is like having no hope, um, which we've talked about in the previous podcast, but, um, yeah, Peter, Peter does have this trust. Peter has the trust that he can receive the mercy of God if he comes back to him, um, if he if Jesus wills it and Jesus does will it. So, um, okay, so that I mean we've covered a bunch of stuff in, throughout Scripture. So now, how do we live this practically? How do we receive mercy well? Yeah, Tony, I think that was actually a great segue into this question, uh, the idea of repentance uh, and the idea that we recognize our sins and then we trust in God that he's willing to forgive us, that he is uh, boundless in mercy, that he is slow to anger. Um, I don't remember the exact quote, but in 1 John verses 8 and 9, um, I know the catechism had mentioned the ability to receive um, this mercy, we must first admit our faults. And also in the Catechism uh, in 1847, it talks about if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah, speaking of confession, yep, that's that's another, it's the big way to receive mercy, right? That's the way that Jesus set it up, like, which that's the gospel for this upcoming Divine Mercy Sunday, Jesus giving the authority to the apostles to forgive sins. Um, And so, yeah, but of course, um, in order to receive that mercy, in order to go to confession and and receive that mercy, we have to recognize, the first step is recognizing that we've done something wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that we are in a miserable state. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, exactly that. And I think along with that, it goes um, kind of hand in hand with this idea um, to recognize our faults and then also recognize how we can forgive those who have trespassed against us. So going back to the the prayer that Jesus taught us, the Our Father, um, and focusing on not only uh, forgiving ourselves, but forgiving others. I think that's 
a part of mercy, but also very different. So there's this forgiveness aspect, but then as you mentioned earlier, Tony, the idea of reconciliation and um, receiving the mercy of God, going to confession, uh, forgiving others and being merciful to them. Yeah, so that kind of ties into the, the next question that I had. How do, how do we show that mercy to others? Yeah, that's uh, great. I think um, Father Mike Schmitz talks uh, a bit about um, some different ways, uh, but in what we learn in the Catholic faith, and uh, I imagine Christianity in general, we have different works of works of mercy. So the spiritual and corporal works of mercy that uh, include in, um, educating the ignorant, uh, for example, or feeding the ho- feeding the homeless, or feeding the hungry. I'm sorry, sheltering the homeless. Uh, for for a couple of of examples. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely like yeah, this charity or this overflowing of receiving the mercy that God has shown us. Um, and that kind of ties back into that, that passage in the Our Father. Um, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those trespass against us. Mm. Um, yeah. But that as, like, as we forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those, it's more like an in so much as. Mm. So, like, as much as we forgive those, forgive us. Yeah, and I think that kind of ties into this idea of how generous are we with our forgiveness. Yeah, that that's kind of uh, not not as fun to think about, right? It's like we have to forgive and um, and in in the capacity that we forgive, like that that is how we are forgiven. Yeah, and so this idea also that being merciful isn't easy. It's not something that uh, that comes easy. And I believe it was also St. Augustine who talks about the idea of mercy being a greater work than creation itself. That, that mercy is uh, God's greatest work. Um, and I think that's a, a wonderful um, way to look at it because it isn't easy. And it takes, I think, time to grow in understanding how to be merciful with oneself, how to receive mercy, and then how to share that with others. Yeah. Um, I think back to the, uh, the Beatitudes, right? Mm. The, one of the Beatitudes is, blessed are the merciful, wow. where they will be shown mercy. And that's, you know, alongside w- with, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Um, these aren't these aren't easy things. They, yeah. they aren't easy things, but like that's the that's the radicalness of the call that Jesus gives to us. Um, this showing this showing mercy to others. Right. Yeah, and on the idea of um, it being difficult, one, I w- of course, I hope that the listeners understand this is possible. It's not that it's not possible because um, we can do all things with Christ, of course. Uh, but in light of it being difficult, I'm just going to wisdom 11:23. It says uh, about God that you are merciful to all, for you can do all things. And I think just reflecting on that to to some degree brings the idea of like you can do all things, which is why you can be merciful to all people. Like even the most heinous of crimes, the ugliest things that uh, can be done on earth. And God has this ability to show them mercy. Yeah, right. He ta- um, I know Jesus in, in the Gospels, he talks about how the, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. 
right? Mm. Like God causes the snow, the rain to fall on both the wicked and the righteous. Um, and yeah, it's it's hard for us to show that mercy, especially to those who don't want to accept it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that um, if someone's looking to grow in mercy, I mean, it can be small steps. It doesn't have to be uh, large, huge changes in their lives, but uh, thinking about uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, just making small changes in your life and loving people in small ways. So whether that is um, giving some food to the poor every month or... um, forgiving someone when they said something that was rude. And uh, I think something that can help tremendously with this is going to Mass, going to reconciliation, um, engaging in the sacraments that the church offers to really strengthen uh, a person's heart and their ability to provide mercy. Yeah, yeah, doing those work, those spiritual and corporal works of mercy that you talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, another, another thing that I might recommend and learn to God Mercy is the Divine Mercy Chaplet, mm, yeah. um, which is really short. It takes like five to six minutes, and it's really asking for that mercy. And especially if you want to offer it for somebody, like, or especially if you offer it for conversion of, of souls, mm. right? And showing that mercy, like asking for mercy on souls on that may not want to receive it. Um, yeah. It's really, it's really powerful. Um so anything, any any other things that you wanted to talk about with regards to this this subject? Well, I think Tony, just um, a quick uh, mention on the last thing uh, you discussed, praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet, and uh, in terms of seeking mercy, being merciful for our listeners, people who are looking to um, engage more in mercy. Uh, as you mentioned, just praying for mercy. Just ask God, help me to be more merciful. Um, what an easy thing a person can do every morning, every time their mind even just thinks about mercy. Like, oh, I just failed right there. Okay, that's a great opportunity to say a prayer and ask for mercy. Um, but yeah, I think we covered a great uh, myriad of topics and uh, hopefully helpful uh uh, scripture verses as well for people who are looking to dive deeper into mercy. Yeah, especially with Divine Mercy Sunday coming up. Yes. So get excited for that. Um, so that is all for the main our main topic. Now we're going to move into our Cloud of Witnesses segment, which is back after a couple weeks off. <laughs> um, so if you, for those of you who are missing what what the heck is the Cloud of Witnesses? So this is a segment where. We talk about a couple, one or two saints or feasts um, for the upcoming week, and you know, kind of dive into the stories of their stories. Um, so this week we have two two big saints. Um, we have Saint Mark the Evangelist, whose feast is on April twenty fifth. He, of course, is most known for writing the gospel that bears his name. Uh, tradition holds that he is the young man who runs off naked as Jesus is being arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, so Mark actually includes that in his own gospel. Um, so that's that's where he plugs himself in. Just like all the other, all the other writers seem to plug themselves into the into their own gospels. So that's how Mark plugs himself in. Um, he actually grew up, like that's where his home is. His home is in Jerusalem, not far away from where the, the garden was. Um, so it makes sense that that's that he might have been at that man. 
Um, he accompanied St. Paul on some of his missionary journeys and visited him while he was imprisoned. Um, his gospel was the first to be written. Um, of the four gospels, this was first. Um, and it was a key source for St. Matthew and St. Luke as they wrote their gospels. Um, he became the bishop of Alexandria um, towards the end of his life. And there he was martyred. And several centuries after his death, his relics were stolen and taken to Venice, where the famous Basilica di San Marco is built on the site of where his relics are. And so I guess, you know, the takeaway for St. Mark, who's the patron of Venice, um, even though he never stepped foot in there while he was alive, probably, <laughs> um, yeah, just... You know, not to not be afraid to proclaim boldly um, the good news of Christ, um, the good news of Christ and His mercy. Amen. Beautiful. Um, and then the other the other saint um, who feasts this week, Saint Catherine of Siena, whose feast is April 29th. So she was the 25th child born to her mother. So. That's a good, good Catholic family right there. But um, most of her siblings did not live past childhood. Um, she refused to marry, um, but she continued to live at home. And she actually became, lived at home even while she became a religious. She was a third order Dominican. Um, so that she didn't have to enter the convent, but she still got the habit and everything. Um, she actually didn't know how to read until mm-hmm. her adulthood when some of her um, sis- fellow sisters uh, were able to teach her how to read. Uh, wow. She received the stigmata, which are the, the wounds of Christ, um, the, the, the holes in the hands and the, and the feet and the side. Um, but, she, but they were secret, so only she saw them. Nobody else saw them. Um, she was actually an instrumental force in persuading the Pope to return to Rome. Um, the Pope had been residing in Avignon, France at the time. And that's you know another topic for another podcast as to why the Pope was in Avignon. But you know, she was able to convince the Pope to return to, to Rome, um, which is where he's been ever since. Um, her magnum opus, her greatest work, is the Dialogues, which she dictated um, because she didn't know how to write. Um, they are, the Dialogues are it's a collection of conversations that she had had with our Lord, who had appeared to her several times. Um, and then she died at the age of 33 because of an illness. Um and her head is in Siena, but her body is in Rome. So she wasn't beheaded during her life. She was beheaded after her death. Why that, that is, I don't remember the exact story. But um, yeah, so t- again, takeaways. Yeah, don't be afraid to, to speak, to speak truth. Um, even to, to those who are in positions of higher authority. Right, like she was, she wasn't afraid to speak to the Pope in in that way and convince him to return to Rome. So, 
I guess, yeah, the key takeaway is to not be afraid. Um, any any thoughts on those, Christina? Yeah, I think two wonderful saints um, and their feast days coming up. And uh, with the idea of mercy in mind and St. Mark being the evangelist that he was, uh, also the reminder, as you mentioned, Tony, he visited St. Paul while he was in prison. And that is a beautiful um, work of mercy uh, that we can do as well. Yeah, and speaking of you know, works of mercy, St. Catherine, she actually, you know, helped really was big in helping the poor and stuff as well. Mm. Like she would help the, like help care for the sick. Um, and ultimately she succumbed to an illness of her own at a young age. But yeah, still being able to like care for those in need. Um, yeah. And just reflecting on her dialogues that she had um, with our Lord also reminds me of St. Faustina mm-hmm. who had dialogues with uh, Jesus. Um, and really the Divine Mercy Chaplet that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We'll talk about St. Faustina when her feast comes up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that's the end of the Cloud of Witnesses segment. And so now we'll move to the Lyrical Lift segment, which is also back after a two-week hiatus. Um, So for those of you who don't know what the Lyrical Lift is, it is where we look at a song that is not necessarily Christian origin, it's like a secular song, but we apply the lyrics to the spiritual life. And so this week in the theme of mercy, we are talking about the song, What I've Done by Linkin Park. And the chorus goes, so let mercy come and wash away what I've done. I'll face myself to cross out what I've become, erase myself and let go of what I've done. And this is sort of what happens in the sacrament of confession. So first we face ourselves and admit to ourselves that we've done something wrong. Mm. And if we don't do that, how, how can we ever receive mercy? Um, so then we go in into the, into the confessional and confess our sins to the priest. And he, acting in the person of Christ, forgives us. Through these graces, Christ, who is mercy itself, he washes away what we've done and crosses out the sins that we've let define ourselves and he helps us to let go of what we've done any thoughts any closing thoughts yeah no i think that was a perfect uh end to uh what we've covered today and that idea of mercy washing over uh us and removing those sins and just uh Go, I go back to Mark 2, 7. Who can forgive sins but God alone? But we get to share in that. So be merciful to to the people out there. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Christina, um, for, for coming on this week. Um, and there will be no podcast episode next week. What? Yeah. So I will be taking a vacation with my brother. So I'll be out of town. And we'll be unable to record a new episode next week. And hopefully this will give you you all a chance to catch up on old episodes if you're behind or if you're not or if you're already caught up then you can just you know wait with bated breath for the next episode um be merciful with you tony we'll have to be (laughs) exactly so uh a few final things before we wrap up this episode first if you liked what you heard or even if you didn't please subscribe to this podcast and leave a five-star review 
And this will help us reach more people and get the good news out, like St. Mark did, uh, out to a world which desperately needs to hear it. Second, we want to hear from you, dear listeners. If you have questions about anything we've discussed on this episode, previous episodes, or anything in general, please send them via email to laymanshomily at gmail.com. That's L-A-Y-M-A-N-S-H-O-M-I-L-Y at gmail.com. And finally, please pray for us and know that we are praying for you through the intercession of the patron of this podcast, St. Joseph. God bless you this week, and we look forward to speaking to you all in two weeks. Mm. Not, Not in just one week, because like I said, we won't have a podcast episode next week, so... We'll see y'all in two weeks. This has been The Layman's Homily. Okay.